it's a thing. There's GPS art, Strav art. And I'm like, I could probably do that. And I'll try to do Bart Simpson. You, didn't you do a Christmas one? So I did uh, Santa's Little Helper. Okay. That yep. got like 30 likes. I was all proud of it. And then <laughs> Matt did. <laughs> I did a Christmas tree, which was actually pretty lame because it's just like you make a big triangle with like a little square at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, you could get a little more creative with that. I think right? there was like 700 likes. People <laughs> were like, oh my gosh, like this Strava is amazing. Christmas trees rock. Uh, and was so I could see the anger on her face. So hers are way more ornate and interesting. It's like I just draw it. It was like a really obese Christmas tree. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, a Michigan Midpack Media production brought to you by KOM Cycling, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I'm your host, Trevor. And this is Sheldon. And on this episode, Sheldon and I sit down with two staples of not only the local, but the national gravel scene, Jenny and Matt Acker. But before we get into all of that, of course, as always, Sheldon, how was your week in the mid-pack? I'm back on the bike. Back at it. <laughs> back at it. Yeah, I, uh, I got in the trainer a few times, and then we finally got a break in the weather this weekend. And on Sunday... Hold on, hold on. We did not get a break in no, the weather. No, it was still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I almost lost my feet. <laughs> it was like sleeting and raining Everything's and Everything's icy. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, there was no reason that... I mean, I didn't go outside. I, I did not want to... Um, but three of us did. Three of you did. Yeah. Mitch, Yourself, Mitch. Bradley. Yep. Um, and I, uh, we went out on Sunday at 9 a.m. And uh, we did our normal Thursday route. We did the, the uh, Thursday gravel route. Did you see any of the gravel or was it just all snow covered? Uh, we saw slush. We, it was we Thursday saw some, slush. Yeah, we saw some slushy, icy. Sunday, I can't even say it. Sunday slush route. route. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, there were some roads that actually were not too bad. Some of the ones out by Rose Lake where there's where it's kind of sand based. I mean, they're they're nasty, but it was it was there wasn't too much ice or anything. But some of the roads that had more of the tree cover, they were icy. And yeah. there, there were some that were, we were just riding through like a couple inches of slush and with a, like an ice base, and it uh, it was the hardest fifteen mile an hour ride I've done <laughs> in a while, and I wore normal summer road socks with my summer shoes did and, you and no no toe covers God. <laughs> of course you did i oh and i had summer bibs on i don't think i saw any <laughs> pictures no i saw pictures of you afterwards and you were pretty mud covered oh, but i didn't see your bike did it um, i just put it up tonight oh okay literally like while we were talking earlier did it um have like uh icicles hanging off of it and there was no ice but there's probably five pounds of sand and mud just kind of caked on there just it was dude it was terrible okay <laughs> but it, it was such a relief to be out i mean we were kind of laughing about it when we were going uh we went over by the golf course and they hadn't plowed or anything. And we were just sliding all over the place, trying not to crash. And then afterwards, it was just like, this is so much better than being on the trainer. 
did everyone stay upright? I think so. Okay. We got kind of spread out one at one point. Yeah. I was I was telling you this earlier, but I, I mean, I, I love the idea of being outside, but uh, I just, I hate the damage that it could possibly do to your bike. That's why you need a single speed. I guess so. Yeah. We need to get Trevor on a single speed. No, we don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> you, you would fall in love with it. Yeah, I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. I just... Uh, just and, and plus one. Well, there's so many other plus ones that... Uh, but you, speaking of plus one, Sheldon, it's New not a frame day. It's not a bike yet, but uh, it's it it's has, part of a bike. It's part of a bike. It's some may say, well, no, maybe the wheels are the most important part, but <laughs> the frame is a very important part. The frames, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you were so uh, lusting after oh, Sarah Williams' bolt cutter. Could that you hear like the cheesy '80s love music playing <laughs> when I looked at her bike? <laughs> A little Kenny G in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's some saxophone playing. <laughs> Why'd the lights get so dim? <laughs> so, Michigan now has a one more bolt cutter. One more bolt cutter. You yeah. decided to uh, pull the trigger on Yeah, got a Peacemaker a Plus. Uh, it is beautiful. Dude, pictures don't do it justice. It looks very just plain white in, in pictures that I take of it, but it's it's the gun smoke with the 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 silver logos. So what's your plan with this bike? Are you going to straight um, up adventure? Are you gonna do single speed? Or are you gonna keep it on the wall and never ride it? <laughs> are you gonna what, what are you gonna do with it? Only broken bikes go on the wall. <laughs> you know my house. And, and you're running out of wall space. <laughs> so I I actually did talk to Ryan from Bolt Cutter about single speeding it and. And we really couldn't work out because you can't do an eccentric bottom bracket in it. Um, so it's going to be geared. Okay. It's going to be one by. Okay. Uh, I have not decided if I'm going to do force, which I have done with a lot of bikes in the past, mm-hmm. or if I'm going to GRX it. Okay. I'm thinking GRX. Kind of really like Shimano. Shimano lately. product. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to 650B. Nice. With 2.1s. Yeah, I was going to ask you what kind of clearance you get on there for yeah. 650s. So in 700, you can fit up to 50. Holy cow. Dude, this thing has clearance. Wow. And then in 650B, I have up to 2.1. So I was looking at some Terraval uh, Sparwoods. They're kind of like uh, their Cannonball tire. Okay. So they're very, very knobby, grippy. I think that's what I'm going to run on it. Um, it's probably going to be my... Crusher bike. Yeah, the good segue. Yeah. Trevor. So I uh I signed up for Crusher, the full uh 225 or whatever Todd decides it's yeah. going to be. But it's, it's over 200. It's over 200, so in July I will be uh up in Marquette with and Sheldon, you're you're I haven't registered. I haven't registered yet. So It's like the only one I haven't pulled the trigger okay, on yet. Okay. Um, well, I'll Oh be, no, I haven't gotten Hellcat in yet. I'll either. be up in Marquette with some other people and No, uh, I'm going to be there. Okay. Shut all up. Right, all right. Shut I don't up. Know. <laughs> july's a long ways away but uh yeah i'm looking forward to that mountain bike mountain bike i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say i'll i'm gonna do it but you're not gonna say what kind of mountain bike no 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 i i would probably definitely do my um my hardtail unless i get a different uh gravel bike that can take um, 650s and 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 big tires but like as of now i think i'm gonna stick with the mountain bike Un- nice. un- unless something changes so um but yeah i'm t- i'm super excited I'm about that up there yeah speaking of registrations i think uh we have another it's not a it's not a race but a, a ride coming up in 
in May 30th. Okay. Uh, it's, I guess the best way to describe it would almost be a gravel Grand Fondo. Yeah. Um, we have up in Elma, we have the Glen Gravel Ramble. And this is brought to you by JB, who does the Elma Grand Prix of Cyclocross. Right. Which is probably the biggest cyclocross event in Michigan. For sure. At least the beginning of the season. It's the beginning. They're very popular. It draws yeah. big names. Yep. Everybody in the state's there. Yeah, so he's putting on a uh, just a, a gravel ride. Second year. It's a few different lengths, yeah, correct? Yeah, there's, there's a 100 mile, a 57 mile, and a 25 mile. So I know at least one of us will be there. I'm not sure with my schedule. I know Sheldon will I be there. I got mine in. I'm registered. But we also have, and JB was kind enough to give us an extra registration um, that we want to give away. Yeah. We have a spot for some listener. So, Sheldon, explain how you would enter this drawing for uh, free registration. So, first off, you have to be on Instagram or Facebook. You have to post a picture of either your bike or you out on a ride. Just make make it cycling. Pretty simple, yeah. Cycling related. And you have to tag three of your friends. You have to tag us. Because how else are we even going to know that you're doing this? And you have to tag uh, Glen Gravel. Glen Gravel Ramble. Yeah. And we'll put a post later in the week um, explaining all these things. And, it, and we'll have the link to... The correct tags. Y- and- I mean, clearly you're going to know ours or you're not going to see the post. But we will have up uh, Glen Gravel Ramble's uh, name so you know who to uh, tag in your post. Very cool. And how how long are we going to... We're going to run it until February 28th. Okay. So Friday, February 28th is the last day. Um, Then we will be taking everybody. You're all going to get assigned a number, and we are going to throw you in some fancy random number generator. If your number gets drawn, we will have a code to send to you. You just hop on bike reg, put it in, and you are registered for whichever distance you want. Um, Or we could just be savage and make everyone do a do the hundred. No one would. <laughs> no one would even do the entry thing. Then <laughs> you will have. You can choose whichever distance you want to do. You can yeah. do the twenty-five, the fifty-seven, or the full one hundred. Very cool. So sometime this week, post will go up. Tag away. So a couple days ago, Sheldon and I had the opportunity to sit down with Jenny and Matt Acker. If you're from Michigan, chances are you're familiar with their names. But if you're not then there's a pretty good chance that you have participated in or at least heard of some of the events that they put on. Yeah, these events include the Barry Roubaix. Of course. The world's largest gravel road race. They do Lumberjack 100, which is a mountain bike race up in northern Michigan. And the Fargo Sub 48, which is an intro into bikepacking. If you're not from Michigan, there's still a pretty good chance you've run into them at one of the numerous gravel events they do year after year. From locally here in Michigan to the many years at Dirty Kanza, all the way to the Rift in Iceland last year. So without further ado, Jenny and Matt Acker. Oh yeah! Wait, oh, I, I should give you guys my beer that I brought for you. I thought I had a I thought that was a thing you guys did. <laughs> you brought beer for them. Yeah, it's in my bag. Uh, <laughs> you should have been like, wait a minute, I have to get my beer out. Yeah, yeah. Let's, do it. Let's crack yeah, some beers. Beer. I can do. Oh yeah. If it's beer, I'll get it. Oh, beer, right oh yeah, that bag. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't. I was because listening to that podcast that Brett did. That was insane. How much beer he brought. But it was all specific to like the different 
parts of Margie, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, this one means this. Yeah, his very first <laughs> one he brought. Four... So I just bought random. <laughs> he brought. There's something. Oh, yeah, is this for Sheldon? For Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some baby food you know, in a, in I, a pouch. Yeah. I was running late from Detroit today, so perfect. <laughs> I needed a snack. I have done yeah. that. Are you gonna Are you gonna consume it? Oh, of course. On microphone. Sweet potato turkey. This is not one I would usually have on the bike. Should we go? <laughs> should we go through these right now? Let's that talk. was for me. <laughs> Before. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what I got. I Here's a gen, uh, <laughs> Gosling's diet ginger beer. <laughs> yeah. For Jenny. Because I like gingers. Okay. Obviously. And. <laughs> <laughs> The rest don't have any meaning. <laughs> I don't another, that. another ginger beer. Are you gonna do a beer? I'll probably have that ginger beer. <laughs> I gotta drive, so. <laughs> you guys didn't ride here. I no. know. I Come on, that. That. No, we did dinner with my mom. And my expectations are so much higher. I was gonna draw something on the way. <laughs> Left yesterday morning. <laughs> Sheldon, what do you want? You got uh, whatever pairs really well with sweet potato and turkey. <laughs> He's gonna eat it. Yes. <laughs> That could have been from last year, but it's... <laughs> that yeah, what's is interesting. The, what's, the sh- what's the shelf life of uh Oh, I should probably check the expiration date on this. Let's see. Uh, best Hi. by March 2019. Ah, so that was from the Margie two years ago. So. Sorry. Still, still Do you? Still a year, so... Do you guys use baby food packets for... No. <laughs> I have, but for some similarly stupid I don't know if I can finish ways. this one. This one's pretty... Pretty interesting. <laughs> do you guys do the, um, I saw you, you did the winter shakedown. Yeah. Yeah. You both did it? Yep. Yeah. We, all, we were volunteering, like helping Jill out with it. So what, what is it? It's basically, um, she wanted to do, you know, she's into winter ultras and like super crazy long fat bike stuff. And so she wanted to put on an event basically that was, I wouldn't call it like an introduction to winter ultras but like a winter ultra training camp basically what like, was the distance for it uh the ride we did was about 30 it was supposed to be 32 miles um people rode anywhere from like 28 to 32 mm-hmm. but okay just basically like friday night was everybody gets in there you do like a gear check like you would for a winter ultra um go through um, like all of your requirements and stuff like that. And then Saturday morning, there were some speakers like talking about bike packing, loading your bike, like all that type of stuff. Okay. And then send everybody out on the ride. And so they do the ride fully loaded. Halfway through, there's like a water boil and a lunch stop, and then all the way to the end. So, what I mean, what's the water boil for? Just so you can have drinkable water for the no one wants jardia <laughs> yeah, well, for like most of the winter races there's no like water everything sure. freezes so all you have is snow so if you stop on the side of the trail you collect snow and then you melt the snow down and that's your water for the ride so really so yeah, if you're like, out there like arrowhead like if it's yeah. if they're bad weather it could take, take a couple days which i think every day and, is bad day yeah, yeah. In arrowhead yeah, yeah. Have you have you done Arrowhead? I have not. Is that on the list? <laughs> no, my rule of thumb is like I do ultra stuff basically from March until November or who knows what. And then winter, I'm like, I'm going to do short stuff. I'm going to hang out. Like even though I'm racing, I try to keep it super casual and relaxed and, you know, keep the stress low. It's, it's too hard to like race seriously all year round. And Yeah. yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah, Jenny's in the same boat. So. She's taking it her less serious season right now. Well, there's like uh, so many things that we can talk about, mm-hmm. so many topics um, yeah. between uh, 
your Michigan gravel racing and uh, the the series, and then uh, DK and the Rift and and uh, Barry Roubaix, of course. But I think, and I, I know Sheldon feels the same way. The obvious place to start would be to talk about Jenny's Strava art. Oh yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jenny, tell us yeah. a little bit about. Well, first of all, let's define what Strava art is. Let's pretend people don't know what Strava, Strava. is. Okay. And then we can kind of go from there. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, if you go for a walk around your block, you're drawing Strava art in the shape of a square. <laughs> sure, it's like a GPS, like Stra uh, Strava oh, yeah, sorry, would take the GPS yeah. um, location or like your distance or whatever. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's what, you, yeah, Strava, yeah, it's like a, but it records your ride or your walk or whatever you're doing mm -hmm. exercise-wise, and then it shows up. Mostly people use it, yeah, definitely to like, track how far they go, how fast they go, all that. Um, and I started using it to draw. When I was growing up, my favorite um, cartoon were The Simpsons. So the very first thing I learned how to draw was Bart Simpson. <laughs> and then I think it was last year, somebody asked me, like, do you want to, could you, because there's somebody out there that does Strava art. There's, it's a thing. There's GPS art, Strava art. And I'm like, I could probably do that, and I'll try to do Bart Simpson. And uh, so, yeah, you just, like, track your ride or your walk, and you have to like first I have to map it out on a computer, then I put it on my Garmin, and then I press go and follow. So the you route. do the you do the turn by turn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really. And obviously sometimes I'm not the best at plotting it out. I have a hard time like around being most efficient with it. <laughs> like when you have to do the teeth like going over each other. Right. Are, are they all roads? Because sometimes I'll look at them yeah. and there's like some <laughs> weird curves that you make. All the and... roads. <laughs> No, sometimes I do, I guess. I don't trespass per se, but I'll either pause my Garmin and like, you know, reroute, but mm -hmm. so it's not recording that section and then I pop it back on. So, and sometimes it, yeah, you know, Bart will have a weird wart on his nose because I accidentally had to go like. Yeah. Do you, have you ever like finished one and then got back and you realized you forgot an ear yeah, or something? Many times. <laughs> <laughs> do you go, well, you can't go back and. No, you can't. I guess there might be some, you know, if you're really computer savvy, you can go in and like plot the. GPS Are you doing a portfolio of all? Yeah, them? I tried. I started now. I started. I tried hashtagging it so I could easily find it on Instagram. But yeah, I have now. I'm like running out of Simpson characters. So I have to like expand my. <laughs> Wait, you, didn't you do a Christmas one? So I did uh, Santa's Little Helper. Okay, that yep. got like 30 likes. I was all proud of it. And then <laughs> Matt did. <laughs> I did a Christmas tree, which was actually pretty lame because it's just like you make a big triangle with like a little square at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, you could get a little more creative with that. I think right? there was like 700 likes. <laughs> People were like, "Oh my gosh! Like this Strava is amazing. Christmas trees rock." Uh, and was so I could see the anger on her face. So hers are way more ornate and interesting. It's like I just draw. It, it was like a really obese Christmas. <laughs> it was like but, 70 miles though so i guess yeah, so. credit there that's, that's <laughs> a good one like yeah. the time commitment from the uh the idea to plotting it out like what are you talking is this like a day thing uh, or if it's a multiple day no, like no. you have to plan it in advance maybe sometimes it takes me longer to plan it than it does to draw it out but um no i probably like an hour or two depends like I, my hard time is trying to find a good spot in the city to like see the map and see oh this got a lot of lots of, lots of good roads to draw on <laughs> um it's funny I actually, when i started hashtagging it on Stra or on instagram there's a guy that lives in baltimore uh, i can't think of his name right now but wally and he's like he's so impressed with my grid <laughs> the grand rapids grid he's like your streets are amazing oh yeah i'm <laughs> so sure yeah he sent well, me a drawing of an owl and he's like could you draw this for me i'm like okay <laughs> 
but yeah, and then to actually ride it, I mean, I'm not going hard, so I don't, not a good like training effort, <laughs> but um, it takes me like an hour, two hours to ride it out. What's the most complicated one you've attempted? The most complicated? Um, one, I don't know if it was You've done stuff that isn't Simpsons characters, like you did the lead boat one, yeah. and then you did, um, I feel like there was another one you did that was like a whole bunch of words, and yeah, you'll do like messages for people. I did and, the Margie out and back, since I actually didn't do the, <laughs> the ride, I drew Marge Simpson. Actually, that was kind of also what I started, because I don't know why I associate Marge Simpson with Margie, but I drew Marge one, facing, you know, right side up, spelled out the words Margie out and back, and then upside down Margie. That was pretty intricate, I guess. <laughs> wow. I'll have to look that one. I don't yeah. think I saw that one. No, I to, my favorite one was last year I took a group, some of my friends that we ride with. I told them, we're going out for a drawing. I'm not telling you what we're drawing until the end. <laughs> so we drew That's, it. and then Did anyone guess it? They didn't guess it at all. I mean, they have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And we get back and uh, they look at their, their computer and I went in to grab something. They're like, dang it, Jenny. Because like, I was like Bart Simpson mooning them. <laughs> <laughs> So that's probably my favorite. <laughs> Did you do any when you were out west on your vacation this winter? Uh, last winter in Crested Butte, I did uh, Krusty the Clown. That was yeah. that was pretty lame because there's not good streets there. <laughs> <laughs> Just ride around a field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that and that town is like 15 square blocks. Yeah, there's not many. So there's not much of a town to work with. I guess the easiest one I did last winter was when Reed's Lake was frozen. I drew um, Maggie and Lisa because once you're on the frozen lake, it's easy because you can go anywhere you want. Yeah. So I just drew it out on my Garmin and then, or drew it out on whatever and then put it on my Garmin. But um, a friend of ours, she works right in the library that like looks out to Reed's Lake and she saw me out there. She didn't know what the heck I was doing because <laughs> I really was going all over. There's people ice fishing and they're like, why is this lady like riding right by us? Like, <laughs> there's this whole lake. But anyway, that was probably that was a really fun one to do. <laughs> well, I mean, you're the the choice of characters is fantastic. I oh, mean, okay. as like a kid growing up in the <laughs> early '90s, I mean, of course, The Simpsons is great. But uh, yeah. but then like how you overlay it on Instagram with like the original and then the colored version and then the actual um, uh, picture of the characters yeah. is fantastic. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's so incredible. Has have you always um, ha have you always been using the bicycle as kind of a, a tool to, I don't know, do fun things or? Yeah, for me, it's always, I love, I love riding my bike. And it, I think I've never become like too in, like um, into the racing aspect, I guess, probably because I'm not going to win usually, I don't think. <laughs> so I always try to keep it fun. So that is really like a fun way to do it. Um, riding, drawing stuff. And I guess it is for the Graham likes. That's always. <laughs> yeah. I always want that. And then, uh, but you do race. I mean, like you do, do race. race. So <laughs> yeah. like, when did that start? When did racing start? Yeah. Um, probably the barrier Bay, uh, however many, I was trying to figure out the other day, 2011, I think, or 2012. Okay. And I uh, just, I, I, I guess I did triathlons, which I don't know if I could say that. No, you cannot. No. <laughs> That's how I started too. Did you really? Uh, Man, yeah. we're like the same yeah, person. I, call you out. I, like, I think the racing started it. before that. <laughs> yeah. She's even got a tattoo to prove I it. know. Oh, what? I have an Iron Man tattoo. It's Do you really? I know, but don't. <laughs> Are you working the on getting it removed? Already. I should you put should. something on it instead. <laughs> no, but at least it's green, so. Yeah, it's green. <laughs> Cause I did, so I raced that and then I wore a green man suit. Cause I know I didn't feel like I like to take it not so serious. So wearing costumes is what I like to do. Wait, you did that for the Iron Man? Yeah. I wore a green man suit for the last bit for the second half of the marathon. Yeah, green man suit half marathon. Like a total, like a full, yeah. you committed yeah. all the way. Yep. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
And because, you know, triathletes, they're super serious. Like, <laughs> they, none of them were really laughing too much at me. But Aero helmets while training. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I wasn't the. But people were using me as like a gauge. They're like, oh, our friend was like two minutes behind Gumby. That's what they call me, Gumby. <laughs> so anyway. Well, imagine being the person getting passed by the person uh, in the yeah. green man suit. It's like. That's, I think that's why I piss people uh, off. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I think that still happens that races to this day. Like if you're wearing the poop head yeah. or like you had the bear coat, like yeah. the bear coat single speeder passes somebody like. Well, yeah, you yeah. did uh, unpaved on the single oh, speed. Yeah. That yeah. was. That was really fun. What, what gearing did you use for that? Um, was it 4217? No, nope. your bike had. Um, <laughs> Should have known, dang it. I put it on there. It was 3816. Oh, okay. okay. Because there's a lot of climbing in that. There's a, a lot yeah. of climbing, yeah. yeah. And you I guess Trevor you did the full there. 120, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody else was on a single speed. I thought there was people doing like the shorter distances. Yeah, but yeah there were single speeds yeah. there, but no one else did the 120? No. On a single speed? No. Jeez. <laughs> so by default, you got first in yeah. the category. That's but, awesome. Yeah. The, the guy who puts it on, um, I forget his name right Dave now. Pryor. Dave Pryor. Dave Pryor. He's like, because he's a big single speed guy, mm -hmm. and he's like, you guys are dumb enough to do a single speed. You don't need to do your own category. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was fun though. I really, I love that unpaved. Yeah, that was that was it was a lot of fun. It was really fun. So, did your racing then? Well, I guess if we go all the way back to where the two of you oh, yeah. met, <laughs> were you racing before you met Matt, or um, was the yeah. bicycle yeah. part of your life before Matt? Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Matt was a bicycle part of your life before you met Jenny. <laughs> I mean, how does that oh, all yeah. how does that all work work together? Yeah. So. I've always been into riding bikes in like one form or another. Like, um, I liked nice bikes when I was younger. Like when I was 11, I got my first, I got a Cannondale, the F 700 with the fatty head shock. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Early nineties. <laughs> was it red? It was a, it was yellow. So bright yellow. It had like all kinds of anodized crap all over okay. it and like green wild gripper tires. But I was always into it. And then I got a license and I was like, what's a bike? Mm -hmm. I got this car now. <laughs> so I didn't ride a bike until Tail Tail is all this time, yeah. Yeah. And I was broke and like all through college. And so when I finally got out of college and got a real job, I thought I was making money. So I went and used like a credit card and got a nice bike out of Gary Fisher. And then that's when I started getting back into it. And, and So started yeah. mountain biking then. Yeah, I've always like, mountain biking has always been my like number one riding passion like mm -hmm. i had a bmx bike when i was a kid i like dirt jumping and um, hurting myself basically <laughs> like riding off of things and yeah like, through college like i ran and i i did running in high school and stuff and wrestling if you can picture that <laughs> but uh I actually i kind of can <laughs> I, I i recall a uh you did crits correct you did road yeah i used to i road race for a while and you because had nothing in this this region yeah yeah no, no beard. beard like because i grew up in the lansing area so i grew oh, up okay on the south side of lansing and then i lived in hazlitt as an adult for quite a while and i commuted to ionia i worked out there and so mm -hmm. i would ride like hot laps around lake lansing because i was right there by the lake and i had this specialized allay aluminum that i pieced together and so i just like go rip that around and run but just for fun and then when i moved to gr um i worked at bissell and they were big time into cycling when I started there. Yeah. And so then that got me into the road racing because I had friends I work with and they were like, you should come ride, the, you know, do this group ride and then go do a group ride. And they're like, hey, you're pretty good at this. Like, you should try racing. And then just started racing a bunch and really enjoyed it. And 
I think just like the speed and the competition of it and something different than running too because they kind of tore my legs up running and the bike is just way more fun you know yeah no so. kidding but <laughs> let Jenny give her background yeah, Jenny, on yeah. oh uh yeah so I was doing triathlons and then I realized that I was having more fun with my friends that were going to the bar after and like drinking beer <laughs> and they were all into like mountain biking so I tried that for a bit but I didn't really get into it that much but I got into bike polo have you guys heard of bike polo oh yeah so that was my group of friends for the very long, <laughs> long well, explain, time. Explain bike polo for Bike polo is kind of like, like hockey on bikes. Is it exactly what it sounds like? Yeah. Okay. I mean, kind of. Right. Yeah. You're on a small, like, like three tennis courts width court. Uh, I'm not describing that really good. but right. So it's not as big of a field as actual polo, but it's on bikes and three to a team, and you're supposed to score into a net. <laughs> yeah, like MSU has like an intramural. It, is there con is it a contact sport <laughs> yeah you're allowed to so you have a mallet and then you're allowed to hit bike on bike person to person or mallet to mallet oh my god so there's some crazy crashes it's a lot of fun <laughs> it's usually on like a tennis court yeah so what we have in grand rapids is uh they the city let us use a couple tennis courts that they we built like it's all very it's these are kids that you know work at jimmy john's and there's no money in it <laughs> so we're just like we build our own uh tennis court or our polo court um polo rink polo no, rink yeah I yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah basically it looks like um like a mini ice arena because there's boards so they yeah. have boards four that go all the way boards. around four foot tall and then a couple of steel goals and that oh okay yeah so you so. can like check into yeah. The, yeah. the the sides oh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> oh my god. All right, we need a new spin training day. <laughs> bike bike polo. polo. It's a lot of fun. So I've played that forever. Or I mean, never great, but it was a, it's such a really fun group of um, people from all over the world. Really, like I went and traveled, and to, we were in Brazil once and yeah. met up with the polo. You just call the you know, you know find them on Facebook. Like, hey, are you guys playing tonight? Can I come play? Went and played, and they let me borrow their bike, their shoes. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, I had no idea it was it's, such a thing. It's it, such a fun thing. It's usually on a fixed gear, right? Um, or not fixed. Usually just single speed, but no, uh, just one brake or rear brake. Uh, what else? Yeah, they'll do like because you have a mallet in one hand, mm -hmm. yeah. and so like her polo bike, it has one of the Paul dual control levers on the left hand, and it does both brakes simultaneously. So you can, some <laughs> people just run one. like one front disc brake. It kind of depends on preference, but. Yeah, that sounds fancy. Yeah. <laughs> and M plus one. You need a bike yeah, now. There you go. Yeah. You bike. <laughs> yeah, they're super specialized too. Like it's like not a great bike for doing other things because yeah. the head tube's really steep. <laughs> it's got like goofy short stems and then the handlebars are like, you know, old school fixie, like 400 mil wide. So. <laughs> Yeah. Do you still bust it out every so often? And I, you'll play? I, I haven't played since like last year, but or two years ago now, probably. But I do miss it, and I, my friends still play. So I, it, I was never really good at it, but I still can go in because it's really just about hanging out with friends. Hey, I'm <laughs> yeah, not very yeah. good at biking. I, <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> it didn't even feel like biking though, because I remember I was still doing that and triathlons, and I'm like, I'm going to bike today at bike polo. <laughs> That's not training. You're <laughs> sitting around <laughs> drinking a beer. <laughs> so after bike polo. Actually, that's kind of, so that is, so doing bike polo, um, it's just a bunch of quirky characters and Rick Plight, who was, I, we weren't involved with Barrier Bay at the time, but he invited us to do, he invited my polo group to come to do Kiss Cross. Um, he's like, I'll get you some free entries if you and your buddies come, you know, make it fun, like dress crazy, heckle, do whatever. And so we came with like giant 
and you know we printed these giant heads of Danielle Musto and Jeff Jacoby and like everybody's wearing like hot dog costumes and stuff so we went to the Kiss Cross race in um Holland in Holland and that's actually where we met <laughs> so yeah. I was wearing this giant foam finger <laughs> and like I said I like redheads <laughs> and I saw this sexy bearded <laughs> ginger <laughs> <laughs> racing around and uh and I didn't know his name or I didn't know anything but did you I, give him a hand up I did. Uh, I probably did, <laughs> but I. Uh, I remember like seeing that he got second place, and so then later that night, I was uh, after a couple of beers and I had some courage, and I. What did I do? I found. I must. I must have found a Facebook out. message. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a creep. <laughs> oh, that was great. What? That's, that was my side of the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she messaged me, and then uh, we just chatted a bit, and then I think. It's like I knew she was gonna do farmhand, so like we'll see you there. And then after that, we went out on a date to Brewery Vivant. That's where we first hung out, and then the rest is kind of history. So. Good first date. Yeah. yeah. Our third date was there was a bike race up in in Marquette. Yeah. A so fat the bike race. the No Cayman on 50k ski race. They used to do a fat bike race after it. And it was the full 50k course. This was on. I think they didn't really even know what, like, how the fat biking would work. They just figured it'd be as fast as the skis, and so they sent us off on this crazy 50k course. And uh, anyways, we went up there for that event. <laughs> I just, I was like, I'm going up for this race. If you want to come with me, and so <laughs> she I, tagged along. And I didn't even have a fat bike, but I'm like, yeah, I'll get a somehow. I'll get a fat bike. I'll come do that race. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish, but I was wearing the bear coat. But <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, where's gravel start for you two next year? Oh. It started last year with Bear Roubaix because we're <laughs> we're in the thick of that right yeah. now. So, that's been. I mean, obviously the event sold out, but the work kind of starts. You know, the previous year, and we've been buried down in that, working on everything. And let's like, let's just like back up and let's talk about just gravel. I think that's yeah. like a good just let's throw that topic out there and sure. like where gravel started um for you guys as 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 racers as riders mm -hmm. and then um how that developed your career your passions mm -hmm. and um and then where we are where you are now working on Barry Roubaix the the biggest yeah. gravel race in Michigan in the country you know yeah, so yeah you two really have your fingers on the pulse of gravel yeah. in the midwest yeah yeah i mean it's kind of it's funny because it's just it's snowballed so much i feel like in the past few years i mean i remember doing barry roubaix like the first time i did it was 2012 and mm -hmm. what 2011 for you 2011, yeah. out when it was out at gun lake and back then it was nobody really called it like it was the killer gravel road race but everybody was just like oh i'm doing this early spring like it's kind of more like a mountain bike-ish yeah. race and you know, there weren't gravel bikes, like mm -hmm. no drop like, bars out there. Yeah, right? <laughs> very few. I mean, people, it was like very niche to have a cross bike, I feel like back mm -hmm. then. And cross wasn't even that popular yet, at least here in the Midwest. And, you know, thinking back on that, it was like either you'd try to run like a two inch mountain bike tire, you'd, you know, some people would even run road bikes if they were <laughs> foolish enough, you know, to tackle some of those stretches. <laughs> But then now it's like the hottest thing in cycling. I mean, you see yeah. all these uh, world tour pros that are retiring, joining up the ranks of gravel. I mean, like just in the last in the last six months. I mean, it's it's crazy yeah. to yeah. see. Um, you know, week after week, there's a, some other news about a, a, a gravel event or yeah, pros that are so totally focusing on on that. Yeah. yeah, it's becoming a bit of the norm. I mean, and there's all kinds of 
I mean, my Facebook feed ends up getting filled with like all kinds of these articles about like the state of gravel. And it's like very, um, it almost has like the serious connotation to it, which is kind of ironic because I feel like gravel racing was born and became love just out of like the fact that it was not so serious. It's the complete opposite for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just super chill. I mean, I look back on Barry Bay and there's always, anytime anything is a race or competitive, there's always people that are like there to push themselves as hard as they can. But a lot of people, I mean, those early years and even to this day of Barry Bay, the vast majority are just going to like complete the event and like maybe beat a personal best or beat their buddy over like a beer bet. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of folks because I feel like now we're, you know, when, when Barry Bay started, it was like everything was like 62 was a long one. So people were like, oh, are you going to do the 62? Like that's hardcore. And now that's like short. People were right. like, it got to be the point a few years ago that people were like, why don't you guys have a longer one? Like oh, 62. <laughs> and, and we added the 100, of course. But uh, we get a lot of the folks that are just, you know, we get a lot of people that are just like couched to, you know, 18 or 22 miler. And, mm-hmm. and so it's super cool to see that because I think that's a big part of what makes gravel special is that it's so approachable. Like you don't need a license. You don't need the skill of mountain bike handling. Like you can just come ride whatever bike you got out on some dirt roads and have that experience so. and have that beer afterwards. I mean, that's the cool thing about that. You just don't see in road is mm. after a road race, everyone just either goes to their team or they just kind of scatter afterwards. And you go to basically any gravel race afterwards, you're just sitting there rubbing shoulders with somebody that did the 24, the, you know, the 36, 6200 and everyone's just sitting there hanging out together. And yeah, I mean, it's, that's what it's the I point. It's gravel. kind of the point of it, right? Is yeah. that, is that community building and, but so was the, for both of you, like Barry 2011, 2012, is mm-hmm. that the, you're beginning into gravel? Like were those your first gravel races or were you racing or doing other events before that? Like, well, first of all, like what bikes did you use in 2011? Oh, what man. bike did you, did you ride your po- I think bike I had polo? My, I think I had a uh, Gary Fisher that also got stolen, but I think she I was on my Gary Fisher. people with her mallets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Road, just going for the <laughs> Yeah. I now I that, know how you get that first place. I have some friends from bike polo who've done it on their polo bikes, which is not oh my recommended. God. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a, a mountain bike. You I had a mountain. Mo- I'm pretty sure I had a mountain bike. Okay. Either. Yeah, I think it was my Gary Fisher that I was. Twenty six inch. Yep. <laughs> it got stolen. I was sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then what did you? What was your? What bike did you have? Twenty twelve? Because there's there. Were, I mean, twenty twelve. I rode a niner. Somebody Tenner just sent me the picture the other day, actually, of of me crossing the finish line from that race because we were having like uh some flashbacks when i was finishing doing a bunch of the 18 mile signage updates because we have all those permanent signs yeah Mm -hmm. i just went out there myself and was taking down the old ones putting the new ones up and then i i uh just i've been wanting to ride the course the old way from gun lake which was really close to the long lake outdoor center so i went out and did the old 36 which used to have sean sager in it and the three sisters came in the middle because Gun Lake is on the opposite end of the course. So it's kind of like a throwback. Well, anyways, he sent me the picture, and I was like, there I was, and I had, like, the Bissell team kit. I had a Camelback on, and I was riding <laughs> nice. a Niner single speed, and I was – I used to just ride one brake, just my front brake was all I used on that bike. And wow. I had, like, some Kenda Karmas on there. It was pretty ridiculous looking. Why? Why? 
<laughs> exactly. You know, that, uh, Cause that's gravel. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah. time, like I was into road racing and so anything like that was off road or mountain bike was secondary for me. And a single speed was the cheapest, quickest way to get out there. And at the time I was like, man, this is an awesome workout. Cause I'd always put a dumb gear on there and then just go out and hammer around on it. And you know, that's why I did it. Cause it was like, you know, you ride whatever you can get the course done on was the thing back then. And I feel like still is too. It's like, you don't need, while I love my Warbird, it's like, you don't need that to go enjoy a cool gravel road. Like you can go ride a Gary Fisher or a polo bike or mm -hmm. yeah. fixed gear. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you can put even just some gator skins on and it's going to suck, but you could beat yourself up on a road bike out there and yeah, still have a good day. Yeah. So then uh, going from riding a Gary Fisher mountain bike or that weird bike, how, how do you then <laughs> go to doing ultra distance gravel events? I mean, both of you, I mean, even, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, doing Margie out and back. Yeah. I mean, that's not a, that's not a gravel race, I guess. But, uh, but then how do you go from that to where you are now? How did that kind of develop into, I guess, your... Uh, yeah, how do you go from Barry <laughs> to Dirty Cans XL? So it was actually um, <laughs> just by happen chance. Like uh, at the time, so a couple of years after Barry Roubaix, uh, I had never even like heard about Dirty Kanza, and I was riding for Redline um, around that time. I think it was like 2013 or 2014. And I went down to do Transylvania Epic in Pennsylvania, which is a mountain bike stage race. And Barry Wicks was there. And we were chatting with him and giving him a hard time because there was a seven-day and a three-day. And he was doing the three-day. And we're like, what gives, dude? And he's like, well, I'm going to do this gravel race next weekend. And so I can only do the three-day because it's like the same weekend that the stage race would finish on. And we're like, what? Like gravel race? Come on. <laughs> like, you know, that's, and he's like, well, we were like, he's like, what is this? He's like, oh, it's the Dirty Kansas. It's this 200-mile gravel race. And everybody's like, Pfft what like that sounds ridiculous like why would you ride like what is it two days you know wait and what year was this this was like 2013 okay I think. okay oh, 2013. and uh it could have been 2014. 2014 i think it was 2014. yeah but uh in any event after that so that's the first time i heard about it and i made fun of it in my head because i was like <laughs> that just sounds stupid sure. like, i'm not gonna go ride my bike 200 miles no way <laughs> And fast forward to the very next year, around that time, I had Velocity USA as a sponsor as well. And they were a sponsor of the DK for a couple of years, like the wheel sponsor. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy to think now. That's, yeah, yeah, that's super cool. And so I had heard of it, and I just filed it away as like stupid things I'm never going to do. <laughs> but it just, was, did it just then, stay in the back of your head? Well, they, uh, I was chatting with them and like, Hey, we got this, uh, we got a bunch of entries to this dirty Kanza. Like, do you think you want to go do that? And I'm Could like, you imagine just giving away dirty like, Kanza now? <laughs> That's crazy yeah. And it also that like, I just had that flashback of thinking of like Barry talking about it and me making fun of it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, let me sit on it. Cause I wasn't sure. And then, you know, I think maybe we chatted about it or yeah. something. I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. I'll go do it. And let's see what this is all about. Cause I feel like that's when they, you know, they were just picking up more steam mm -hmm. with that event and where it was becoming less of like, this is stupid to like, Hey, maybe there's something to this. Yeah. And so I did it that year and I did it on a red line cyclocross bike with 32s. I had these oh. ridiculous Kenda small block eight tires, probably like How'd 60 those tires look afterwards. They actually survived the whole way, which amazed me. <laughs> uh, but it was the no mud flats? year. It was the mud year. So I think oh, that the mud helped made in a that. buffer. And 
And there was a lot of running that but year. But then how was the drivetrain? <laughs> the drivetrain was pretty well. It was, uh, I was racing one by at the time and it was pretty well beat up. So, <laughs> but I think that was basically the entry to it. And then yeah. from there, I've done it every year since you then. Got fourth that year. That was, sorry. Yeah, that was a, that was a really weird year because like I said, with the, the storm and that came and all the mud, like five miles in, we hit this B road and they've all of a sudden there's just people running everywhere, like in the grass. It was like kind of like a really cheesy war movie scene where there's people like crying over their drivetrains and derailers and people are holding them like, no. <laughs> and I had, you know, they had the, just two checkpoints that year. So okay. you had like 70 or 80 mile legs and yeah, uh, Jenny and a friend of ours, John Clemo, were crewing for me, and You're so the worst support. <laughs> Terrible. They did fine, no. but but the first checkpoint, you know, I was just like, they're like, "How's it going? How's the mud? Oh, it's like like all crazy, and you know, blah blah." And I'm like, I gotta go. Like, I, I gotta keep going. Then the next time I get in there, and they were like, "You realize you're like fourth place, right?" Like, I'm like, "What happened to everybody?" Because I knew there were people in front of me, but just person after person was getting picked up and evacuated from the course. Just a race and, of attrition. Yeah. yeah, and in between those two legs, I rode with this this dude. He was pumping jams in his ears. He was like kind of a strange dude, Yuri Hauswald. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we rode together for quite a while, and I was like trying to Who's be friendly, <laughs> yeah. and he was like really serious at the time, and, you know, because it's like you're riding 200 miles. And um, I was like, why, why is this guy being so serious? Like, what, what's the deal? We should just chat. Like, we're, who knows where we are in the race? And I stopped once, like a hundred and some miles, like lubed my chain and he kept going. And I got to the end and like, hey, this guy just won the race. I'm like, what? Like I was riding with him. Like, no wonder he was being serious. Like maybe I should have paid attention. But yeah. And then after that, we've been, you know, what was it the next year you did it? Yeah. So that's yeah. what I realized. I suck at support because our, so our, my, our friend and I, we were supposed to be supporting because that, that, that was the first intense like, Oh, you're not, you're not, don't drive on the course. Make sure you know where you're supposed to go. Like you can only get to the checkpoints by the, you know, this way. So we were like, suppose they're trying to be really serious about it, but it was taking them so long to get from like the first checkpoint to the second checkpoint. So we were just assuming that the last bit was the shortest route and you had a tailwind and I guess it wasn't that bad. But we're like, oh, we've got time. So we were waiting. Once he passed the second checkpoint, we were waiting for some other friends that we know were racing. And so we missed him finish, actually, <laughs> like <laughs> after racing 200 miles in this and just wanting somebody to be there with like a warm jacket and food. And we were. Yeah, they had all my clothes. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hung out like, my spandex. You're just on the a dirty kid. <laughs> yeah. So was that out. the last time you did it on 32s? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> so then, I, yeah, the, the next year I'm like, F this, I'm not, I'm not supporting. I'm, I want to do, I want to be out there too. <laughs> yeah. And that, I don't know if it was the next year, the first year they did the 200 women, 200 miles is when I signed up. <laughs> yeah. Was that your first like ultra endurance race or event? I think, I mean, I think so. My probably my first, like probably Margie the first year, that was like the longest I've ever been. So like uh, on, on a, a bike. bike. Yeah. And so I think that might have been my first I like yeah. uh, was endurance. That <laughs> was that before Yeah, that was when was the DK? first twenty fifteen? Twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Okay. So and I think I did DK the next year, twenty sixteen. So yeah, I guess That's I right. Margie. So I so think Margie's harder than DK. <laughs> Well, that's the that's the I word on the street. Like that's what Todd says. It's yeah. more fun. <laughs> no, they're both. Uh, so, how did your first uh, dirty cans go? It went well. Yeah, uh, it was not muddy. What was the first year? It was hot. You it was did. Hot. You rode single speed, didn't you? Not the first year. I was. I wish I did because there was a crew of women from 
um, Chicago, the single speed. And they, there was like, I think 10 of them. And they did DK that year, the 200 women, 200 miles. They did it all single speed. And there was, I'm like, oh, I want to be, I want to be you guys. <laughs> so then the next year I did it single speed. Okay. Yeah. And that year it was like really windy coming back, but it was fun. I like doing single speed. Like, like I said, they had to keep it fun. When if it's going to be muddy, like you're going to have a single speed anyway, probably. So probably start smart. out single yeah. speed. Yeah. And then there's fewer women doing it so you can get on the podium, which <laughs> that's always my trick. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite understand the single speed. I mean, Sheldon, of course, is into single speed. And I, I just feel like he likes to make things harder on oh. himself. Is that? <laughs> but it's not like it, it seems Actually, like. Actually, the last time we saw them was when I hadn't <laughs> eaten any food and was trying to oh, do 170 at, at miles Lowell. and, and almost died. Yeah, that sounded, I didn't know how bad it you were until after I heard. <laughs> 280 calories over five and a half hours and I was hungover oh, and it was he, just. He could have used enough, that yeah, uh, baby food, baby food packet. I <laughs> even yeah. spoiled old baby food would yeah. have been better than what I was at. <laughs> I've actually been super wasted after that race one, too. Like, not drunk wasted, but um, just calorie deficient. Because the last time I did it single speed, a buddy of mine went with me. He was a really strong rider, uh, Jimmy Minima. He used to road race a bunch and do tries. But I talked him into doing it and then, like, pacing me so he could try it. I put, like, a 40-15 on my single speed. <laughs> And it was that stupid mountain bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we were trying to just rip the course, but it was pretty chilly. So I wore these mittens. I had these like lobster claw mittens, which are impossible to eat in. And so I just didn't eat. And like the 40 ninja, miles ninja into this, gloves. we were like, <laughs> yeah. we were doing a really good pace. And then about 10 miles from the finish, all of a sudden I was just like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And he basically had to push me like the last five miles. He at just put Lowell? his hand on my Lowell, back yeah. at Lowell. It was like 2012 or something and just like pushed me like all the way back to the finish. And <laughs> I was just in the lodge like eating all the things. They had soup and orange. I was like dipping oranges in soup because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> that sounds pretty similar to what where Sheldon was. At the, at the well, time. no, I was bonking before the start of the race and I was just sitting there at the start line like, my stomach is grumbling. I'm just like, I should not be standing oh, here right man. now. Like I was just thinking, I was like, just go in the shelter. It'd be so much better. Yeah. And then I started riding and it was just like this. When I got to the point that I was riding 15 miles an hour and people were going by me, I was like, this is so, oh, so terrible. And then at, when the SAG vehicle finally came up, like I couldn't even pick up my bike. Like wow. someone from another team was like, hey, do you need help getting your bike up? Man. I was like, oh. <laughs> It's, that's good preparation for an event. My buddies and I have been talking about doing called the hardest bonk. We're basically talking Ooh. about doing like a, this is just like a free, like it'll be stupid. It's, like, it's out, it sounds stupid. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like it is. And it'll be, it'll be fantastic. But it's basically, we have like this 80 some mile route called the Nunica 85. And it uses all these gravel roads out in West Michigan. But it goes like out towards the lakeshore and then back. But in the spring, there's always a pretty good chance there's going to be a gnarly headwind out of the west. And then we want to do it when the gravel roads are really soft, you know, where it just like sucks all the power out of you. <laughs> so it's 85 mile route and you get a bottle of water, a flask of whiskey, and then a cigarette. And that's <laughs> all you have to work with. So Count you can do whatever in. you want with those items. I mean, 
It's up to you. Like you're like the cigarette. You don't have to smoke it. You can you do can whatever you it, want probably. with it. You can <laughs> eat it. I if bet you there's need calories. Those are yeah. You know, you might get stomach cancer, but who cares? It's calories. Yeah, same with like just one cigarette. I mean, you know, the whiskey. There's all kinds of strategies have been discussed. Wait, how how many more packets of three year old baby food do you have laying around? You could add that in. Exactly. Yeah, you could do that. But are you even in a box? This is not a good idea. Are you allowed to consume anything you find on the way, or is that the only? thing you're allowed that's to how do. someone so we, dies of we talked poison. about the <laughs> if you you can harvest because that time of year there's not going to be anything that's like ripe or anything good so if you find a half-eaten apple like have yeah. at it like if you're that hard up you want somebody's banana peel eat the banana peel like whatever's going to get you to the I end think you can scrape some good stuff on the inside <laughs> yeah you know? so it's like whatever strategy you got to use to finish the hardest bonk but you're for sure in 80 miles going to hit a bonk at some point <laughs> I, well yeah it was it was 92 for me and i uh, this needs to, fell apart i feel like I this needs to be properly documented too because i'm sure hey, nicole will be. what are you doing this spring <laughs> sometimes uh, yes she's just taking pictures of people laying like, in her room yeah not so, dead yet so keep that in the back of your mind <laughs> i like this spring. i like this let me know a date because okay. well, so, you know it takes a lot of stuff a lot of factors out of it like you could be a really fast person but if you can't handle your bonks mm. then i bonk know, a lot so I, I feel like my training you've getting, already been my, training yeah. yeah that's fantastic so then where how do you then where do you transition from racers riders um you have normal jobs then where does that transition into something that becomes your whole kind of lifestyle yeah so um what was it 2016 i think so so we were engaged uh set to get married and a lot of like one of the things we still do to this day is like go out for fun urban rides and like get a beer somewhere you know and ride home and we were doing that one night just like any other night and i think i was doing the usual like everybody does complain about your job and and uh jenny's like had the opportunity over her life like she grew up in mexico and she's lived in italy and a bunch of cool places i'm like i've lived in michigan my whole life which is i love michigan it's great I'm like, I never had any experiences. Like I, in high school, I had to work in college. I had to work. And then I always had a career and we, she was like, we should take like a year to like, don't work for a year, take a year off. You know, let's like, we're in our thirties. We're have stable lives. Like we can Mm -hmm. afford to do it. So we pinky swore (laughs) on taking a year off and we might've been half in the bag, but (laughs) we were like, we're going to do this. Uh And it was, you know, the next day I was thinking about it. And it was kind of an intimidating thing because I, I had a perfectly fine career at Bissell. Like I had worked there and had moved up into a, a good engineering position and traveled a bunch to like Asia and got to do some cool projects. But I, I talked to them and they were like, yeah, I don't know about a whole year, but if you want to take like 30 days off. And I was like, no, I'm like, I want to take a year off. So I just left my job. And uh you basically did the same. Yeah, I was working at art gallery, and I was like, I'm. I, I told them, I'm like, I want to. I need to leave, but they're like, they they're wonderful people there. They're like, well, leave and come back, or work from wherever you are. So they were really, really flexible. The the best Lafonte galleries, yeah. the best people. Anyway, did you have um? I don't mean to interrupt, but did you as as you both left your jobs? Was there just a, a a desire that you needed to do something different, or did you have an idea or a plan what you would do? 
Well, we, we knew we just wanted to go do some adventures and stuff. And uh, one of the tough things, like we have two dogs, so we didn't just want to like abandon our dogs because mm-hmm. they're our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so what we did was just kind of laid out a bunch of different places and road trips and adventures we wanted to do. And then we picked one big adventure, which was the Baja Divide. And so on that year off, that's basically what we did. We'd take off for like two to six weeks and go... You know, like one in the summer, we went for six weeks out west and did like the Leadville mountain bike race and all kinds of stuff. And then at the end of the year, we did Baja. But throughout the year, we've been kind of, you know, trying to keep our minds open to like what what could we do in the future? What's the future going to look like? Because it wasn't that I hated my job. I mean, it was it was a great, stable job and this was a good place to work. But I just wanted to do something different, like. I didn't necessarily want to work in the standard nine to five. And I think Jenny was feeling the same way. (laughs) And then um, we kind of slowly started, things just kind of started piecing together. Like that was the year we did the gravel series or first put that together, which was just like, I think another thing was the idea over drinking beer somewhere of like, (laughs) there's all these sweet races. Like what if there was a series? Because there used to be a fat bike series Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of fun doing that because we'd see the same people at all the events. And so we made all these new friends and it was just a really cool vibe. And so we started with the gravel series and that was our first foray into events promotion. So that was, that was the two of you. I don't mean to sound ignorant, oh, no, but, sorry, yeah. but the two yeah. of you started the gravel race series or yep. like at least organized it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's just, that's always still just the two of us. So okay. in, w- in which year was that? <laughs> that was, what was that? 20... 2017 or 2016? Let me think. So twenty. This is the fourth year. Twenty twenty is year four. Twenty seventeen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the gravel series. That's how that was born. And I was just fortunate that I had you know connections or knew all the promoters. So I just emailed them all. I was like, here's an idea I got. You know, if you chip in a little bit of cash towards us to be in the series, we can pool some money, get some awards, you know, and do some cool stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's still kicking. I was just working on it today, working mm-hmm. on the gravel scholarship. So. But that's where the promotion stuff started, and and we were doing a lot of work. Like Jenny's done poster work and stuff for Bay Bay for a long time, yeah. kind of like the shirt she's oh, wearing. Yeah. She's got the Hills she shirt on. So that's, you designed that? Yeah, you know, stolen idea from like. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. It's super cool though. Yeah, for sure. I love doing that kind of stuff. Like that was, I love and like I love that graphic. Rick and yeah, graphic design. I'm a graphic designer by uh-huh. trade or whatever, and then. But whenever an opportunity came to do anything bike related, I'm like, I guess let me do that. (laughs) So this for the 2020 gravel race series, did you do the poster that makes it look like a concert? Yeah. That like so many people I've heard from like out on the East coast, uh, our friends over at the, um, Mid Atlantic, yeah. uh, different podcast, yeah. different podcast. Okay, oh, they yeah. were raving about. That. Oh, really? They were like, wow. that is cool. the just like a cool idea. idea. Well, and that was a nice idea, <laughs> and just really? shows them uh, just to see them in all in one space too is a yeah. is a very cool yeah. thing. Oh, cool! Thanks. That's good. But, to yeah. Hear. <laughs> Usually it's like Matt's ideas, and then I just like make a something out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I, what a team is. Yeah, that's exactly. what a great <laughs> team is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't draw with the damn. It would have been like stick figures and stupid stuff. So <laughs> haven't heard, you know, she brings it all to life. Like all of our websites, they're all Jenny. So the MGRS, every single banner, graphic, image that actually looks professional, Jenny's done it. <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. You do oh, a very great cool. job. Oh, thank you. So you that. started with the Gravel Series. Yeah. Um, and that kind of took off, I assume. Yeah, that. I mean, that went great the first year. And, and we've known... Um, 
Rick and Tenor for quite a while. I mean, obviously going to Kiss Cross mm -hmm. and all those types of events. And it's just in our community of people that we ride around and hang out with. And like I said, Jenny had been doing small projects for them. And I started chatting with them or they reached out to me about uh, doing like the 100 miler at Barry, um, helping them out with that, laying out a course, what that might look like. Sure. And they know a lot of a big part of it was that you know we just traveled to a lot of events so we kind of have that feel for what's going on currently what other promoters are doing like what riders are into and that's something that rick and tenor were really interested in bringing to the group so we helped out with the 100 miler i designed that course you know kind of help lay out like what is what do the rules look like what kind of prizes do we do all that stuff so 2018 was the first time with the 100 miler yeah yeah yep. yeah and then the next year it was like basically when we were looking at all right we should probably get some type of income and <laughs> real jobs going again and, <laughs> you know i think that was kind of like a test run for both them and us of working together at at that event sure. and obviously that event's gotten so big I mean, it used to just be Rick and Kathy, even up to when it was over a thousand people. Yeah, it was just amazing. the two of them. And of course, lots of volunteers, but they did all the work. And then after, from, from that time, like uh, Scott Tenkate and his wife Marnie joined Rick and Kathy. And then it was just the four of them up until just a couple of years ago. And Rick and Kathy are kind of looking at, you know, like they're getting a little bit older and they've been doing this stuff for a long time of, you know, what's the next step? And so, we had a conversation about, you know, would we be interested in basically taking over Rick's half of the company? And that's what we landed on. So we talked it over and everybody just worked well together. We we have a good good vibe, good team. And and then now we're half of the Bay Roubaix. So. And this year, was this a record setting time for selling out? Yep. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And I mean, every distance <laughs> is sold out, right? Yeah. All yeah, the 100 was really quick, um, and then doing, like, the whole race in a week was was a pretty big deal because mm -hmm. I, I know with Lumberjack, which is also part of the, the same event family, you know, it's not abnormal to, to sell out the 400 and some spots in a couple hours, but it's one thing if you're talking, like, 400 spots and, you know, <laughs> almost 4,000 yeah. is a lot, <laughs> lot different thing. So that was, you know, it was super exciting. I think it just speaks volumes to like the state of gravel right now and, yeah, that's and where what, we're at. I like, guess that was my question. Where, where, what do you think was the, well, you just answered it. <laughs> it's like yeah. kind of the state of, of gravel, but then also it's uh, an established event that's been going on for years and years. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like it's, it's something that's just coming on people's radar. You, yeah. you have something getting more popular, which is gravel, mm -hmm. and then you have this established thing, and it's like, of course it's going to be popular. Of yeah. course it's going to sell out immediately. And Well, uh, there's something that Matt said before that I think is kind of nice about Barrier Bay specifically, as opposed to like a, maybe a Dirty Kanza or something bigger, is that it's like, what did you call it, the gateway gravel or something? Because it's yeah. like very approachable for someone who's, yeah, if you're just on the couch, you can do the 18 miler, you can do the 22. And a lot of our racers are all, it's not like big, big names really from all over the country, which some of like, land run or the mid south now has but and it, we get a lot of like not even repeat customers just a lot of michigan illinois wisconsin ohio mm -hmm. people in racing every year might be their first time like <laughs> well, even at land run last year there was a couple of people i was riding with in as soon as you say michigan 
Or you're going to be a bear. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like everybody. Like the second it. you say you're from Michigan at a gravel event, you, yeah. no matter where you are in the country, yeah. Barry comes up. That's sweet. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's it like then on the other side um, of the of a, of a, an event, of a race? Um, yeah, so the events promotion. Give us the juicy detail. Is it <laughs> yeah. really like, is it terrible? Is it negative? No, no, it's not terrible. I mean... I'm of the belief that it's like you can make anything you want terrible or you can make it as awesome as you want. It just depends on your personality, right? Like, yeah. I think we all know a person or somebody in our lives that it's like they could, you could take them out for like a Ferris wheel ride in the sunset and they'd find something negative about it. They'd be like, <laughs> oh, the flies are like driving me crazy. <laughs> you could apply that to event promotions. Like you could, you could focus on like, oh, you know, all these emails from people or people doing dumb stuff at the event. It's like, or you could just focus on, you know, all of the really cool, like cool stories that come out of it. All the people, I mean, we do get a lot of people that just express a ton of gratitude for the event. And last week we just had, we've made this annual thing where we invite all of our volunteers to like a volunteer appreciation night at the Waldorf. So we run out the upstairs, like drinks are on us, heavy oh, nice. appetizers, and we just you know, give a lot of folks a rundown, like how the race went and, you know, cause they're a huge part of the event. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be with that. It wouldn't be the way it is without the 450 people that we have volunteer. Yeah, for sure. And all those things are really cool. Like when we do that, we, we get so much thanks from the volunteers. They're like, Oh, we love the event. What it does for Hastings. Cause there are, there are a lot of Hastings residents and it's just a really cool vibe. So I know for me personally, it's a really refreshing line of work because in my old job like i worked in kind of an insular you know, corporate setting and now it's like we're in charge of steering this thing wherever we want and you hear directly from people how it's impacting them and and all the cool little stories of people that overcome some obstacle in their life and then they come and do like the 62 and it's a huge life achievement for them and to just to maybe be out and race maybe they had a health issue and and so that's part super rewarding. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it can definitely get like when we get emails that are like, hey, what day is the race? And it's like <laughs> they're registered. Like we get that, you know, pretty regularly. It's like, you know, the amount of questions we get that are easily answered by the website is, is pretty high. But, you know, we're in the customer service industry, too. So you sure. just smile and say, hey, you know, it's April 18th. Like, look forward to seeing you. Even though inside you're kind of gritting your teeth, like, you know, yeah. It kind of helps me realize too, like when I do go to another event, I'm like, oh shit, I'm that person that's like asking dumb questions or like being annoyed. So I'm like, I try that's try to keep that in check. So I'm like, oh wait, I'm doing the same thing that I get annoyed by. Yeah. That's like one of the first realizations I had doing it the first year of like being all in was the flashbacks to all the dumb stuff I've done at events. <laughs> like, you know, trying to talk my way into a better corral or something like the day of the event with the promoter. <laughs> And they always look, and I'd be like, why are they all mad at me? Like, they're looking at me like I'm insane. And now I, I do the same thing where I like look at somebody that's like trying to get into an earlier corral at Barry. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get out of here right now. And because there's, it is a ton of work. Um, you know, just if you're doing it right, there's, there's a lot of safety and preparation stuff you got to concern yourself oh, with. Sure. And like, Every little piece of the race that you take for granted, like all the portageons, like we have to draw on maps. Like, where do these portageons go? How many are there? Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of toilet paper goes in the portageon? <laughs> like, is that does that work for the pumps? And oh, it's like, Barry, one hundred last year. Yeah, it's like we're who's <laughs> putting the liners in the trash cans? Like, do Lost we bring trash can liners? <laughs> so, 
you know, it's all, it's, there's a lot of work that goes on, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So for the Michigan gravel race series, looking forward, where do you see it kind of, you know, we're, uh, we're trying to just keep it simple, keep it straightforward. Cause you don't have any like machinations of making this huge production out of it. Like, I think it's fun because it's simple, it's approachable. You know, the goal was just to get pe give people a reason and some incentive to go do more than one of our great events that we have in this state and bring awareness to maybe some of the smaller events too, like ones that people might not know about, like the divide up in Manton or mm -hmm. uncle John's dirty ride. And I know a lot of people just use our website and calendars as reference for like one of the gravel races going on, even if they don't do the series, which is totally cool. Um, but we've been trying to, obviously there's more and more events, but we also want to have events that are part of it that are truly events that have like an after gathering that have that cool gravel vibe instead of just like if somebody decides like, Hey, I want to do a gravel event cause there's a gravel road by my house. You know, we don't want to promote people going there and then they get there and have a bad experience. Sure. So, um, it's been kind of slowly adding a few events here and there. And like the ultra series was like a big thing. And I think that's I, what's setting Michigan apart right now is we mm. have this, I mean, we don't have one 200 miler. We have three. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that's crazy. amazing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. You tell people from other states that and it's like outside of Kansas, who else has three double centuries on gravel? Yeah. Do you, sure. do you have any idea if other states have like, like event series, like the gravel racer? Have you heard anything like that? There, the, there's some other series that are around. I think like there's in Missouri, there's like a gravel cup, but they're all events that are put on by the same promoter. Okay. Oregon has it. They have the triple yeah. crown. Okay. Yeah. But what it's, it's no, all the exact same. I, I was trying to think that. I don't know. Yeah. I have nothing. <laughs> but I don't know of any that are maybe that like comprehensive of like covering. Cause I'll, I mean, all of our events are basically all individual promoters or some overlap, but they're all their own unique things, and um, you know it's it's a pretty cool thing. I'm just I, I'm always impressed at uh, how many offerings Michigan has um, in terms of the, the gravel events, okay. and and I just I'm, I'm curious if other states have that as well, or um, if just we're spoiled. I don't know. I mean, I know I know like yeah. the 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 the. The roads in Michigan are mainly gravel, so maybe that is one of the... the 87,000 miles of gravel in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, something that plays into it is like, you know, with road racing in our state is really tapered off big time. I mean, it, it has around the country, but we really have no real road races, like actual, not crits, like road races yeah. that I'm aware of anymore. Yeah, they just, the schedule came out last week and it was... Abysmal. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about this yesterday. That like it's like white the fact that the state championship yeah. is a Grand Fondo, yeah. and and I I mean I love I, I the Cherry Bay is, is, they, is, they is amazing. They do a great job, but it's like yeah, but it that's gaslight's gone for crit. Yeah. Oh, that was the best yeah. crit in the state. Yeah, yeah, Going like downtown. the downtown. I mean, when I was road racing, I remember you know even just in Michigan doing like thirty some races a year. Oh yeah, to pick your like, weekends and yeah, which crits, one do you want to race? Road at? races and. And I think a large part of that is just due to, you know, there's a lot of overhead involved with the road race. Like they have to have USAC officials for every category. Mm -hmm. They have to have all of that. And I think why we see such uh, an influx of gravel races is that at its simplest level, you can just 
they're open roads. So you can have an idea and say, here's a route I want and create an event on Facebook, which is a super powerful tool and say, Hey, come this weekend, we're going to do a 50 mile ride and you know, we'll record your time. And that's, that's gravel race, mm -hmm. but you can't really do that with road racing if you want it to be official. And, you know, in our state we have, we have a lot of great mountain bike trails, but you know, it's not like a Colorado where you have a huge trail system in Durango or like, you know, we've got Marquette and stuff, but for the general, like the lower peninsula, yeah. you know, you don't even see as many you know, mountain bike races um, going on as you do. It seems like gravel events these days. Sure. Have you had any people from other states that are looking to kind of organize a race series reach out to you and almost like, how did you get this going? Uh, I've had some discussions with people for sure. And um, actually, when we first started talking about the gravel series, you know, we, we discussed like maybe even a bigger Midwest swath. And, you know, I'm kind of glad we didn't because there's been so many events just in our state that, you know, there really wasn't the need to go out further. But I think we definitely have a, a tighter concentration just because of all of the factors that were discussed of, you know, there's a lot, like most of the race in the series you can get to in a couple hours, regardless of where you live. Yeah. And a lot of other states, you know, I think just don't have maybe that, that setup going on. I, I know that just for people that have reached out to us um, about the podcast, I mean, there's a lot of Midwest people that come to Michigan mm -hmm. for the, all, all the um, events um, that maybe they don't have in their own states, but I could be making that up too. I mean, I know that there are people outside of Michigan coming to the events, but yeah, we, we yeah. do draw a lot of people out of Ohio, Indiana. Yeah. Um, there might mm -hmm. not be that many. Iowa, I know, has a lot of gravel roads, but like Illinois yeah. for sure does. I mean, at least not yeah, Chicago. Illinois area. doesn't have a bunch <laughs> well, like I mean, Wisconsin, who you might think would like. I mean, but they don't. They don't. They have no. a ton of pavement. And well, same thing with Indiana, where I grew North, up. Is yeah. Northern yeah. Ohio, they everything paved is everything. Paved. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're pretty, you know, pretty fortunate to have. And it's funny. It's like. 20 years ago, if you told somebody, like, we got this wealth of riches in these gravel roads, we're going to harvest them, and people will come by the thousands, you know, everybody would look at you like you're crazy, and I think even Rick was saying that when they were, like, the first Barrier Bay and stuff, and, um, you know, pitching it to people, and they're like, why are we, you know, and then, like, they, like you just got to come do it, just come see it, and then everybody went down and had a great time, obviously, and now we are where we are, so... What's your involvement in the Coast to Coast then? So Coast to Coast, um, to keep it short, basically that gravel map, I'm sure you've probably been on there, gravelmap.com. Mm -hmm. um, in my spare time at my old job, I would like <laughs> go on there at lunch and just start filling in like roads and you know, just tracing all the gravel I knew of. Like, And then when I ran out of that, I would look at like the satellite map and start, but I was plotting because I wanted to do some cool rides. Like I wanted to ride across the straight state like Odram was. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that's thought about like, oh, riding across there on like a dirt or You have a former route. manager that is probably going to listen to this and he's so mad. Oh, <laughs> uh, he, he sat right by me. Like, you know, I don't, I I he said on his lunch break. He said on his lunch break. They weren't billable hours. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Mark was, so Mark Van Tongren, he owns uh, Michigan Adventure Racing. And so his background is all adventure racing. And he, he has his own kind of backstory about why he had the idea about, you know, doing a race across the state on dirt roads. But he was looking at gravel map and like all the roads he was clicking on had that you can see like who published them. And I guess they all have my name on it. 
And so he just reached out to me via Facebook. Is like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. I noticed that you know you've mapped all this out. Would you be interested in helping me with this? And I was like, you know, sure, why not? I mean, it sounds sounds cool. And um, you know, he was willing to use his company as you know the the risk of putting on the event. And so I basically came on as like a consultant. And I think it also helped because I have the connections within the cycling community which was something he didn't have at the time as much being more of an adventure racing background. And we just spent that first year, like he would drive out to out by Taos, like toss me out of the car and I'd just start <laughs> riding the roads and we would, you know, make notes. He would drive stuff like scout potential gravel and maybe, maybe, maybe not get his car stuck. And <laughs> a little uh, bit of sand out there. Yeah. And we just, it was basically the two of us that kind of pumped out that route and Jenny did a lot of the early graphic design, like the logo and all that stuff for coast to coast. And, mm -hmm. and that's how we got to the first one. So. so then like with your connections and is that where like salsa came on board and all that, was that kind of through you or was that through? Yeah. Yeah. I basically, um, kind of knocked on some of my partner's doors and, and I always try to, you know, think ahead of like, is this something that suits a certain sponsor or partner or friend that I work with? And, you know, of course, like coast to coast is right up the alley of what, what salsa is about, sure. like gravel, off-road adventuring. And that's how we got the shades to show up there the first year. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I think that really, I mean, of course, having like legitimate partners, I think legitimizes an event in a lot of people's eyes, especially if they're not from the area or they don't know like who's putting the event on or, they just see like, oh, the Shays is going to be there. Yeah. Like that kind of says this is a legit event. So. That's what I, I noticed at Unpaved when I would uh, meet people and tell them I was from Michigan. Actually, like Barrio Bay is a, a noticeable thing, but but I think because of what Unpaved was and because it was a salsa uh -huh. um, event and uh, the Shays was there that a lot of people were like, hey, have you done Coast to Coast? And I was like, no, I'm going to probably. <laughs> but, uh, but I got a lot of Coast to Coast questions for huh. sure. Yeah, I've run into that like every year at Kansas since we started doing it. I'll have people that will come up to me like, I, I did your coast to coast. Like, I'm here at DK. Like, I was really stoked. Or, you know, every once in a while I'll get somebody that's like, you can tell they're a little perturbed at me because they know I designed, helped design the course. And they're like, yeah, I don't really like sand, but the event was cool. Like, I mean, like, how could you cut a, uh, a route through Michigan and not have... A good amount of sand. It'd I mean, impossible. it'd be impossible, right? Yeah, I mean, you it'd be tough. <laughs> like you, you could. I think if you stitch like more pavement and connectors in there, but I mean, we did what we did because we wanted to highlight the areas for a certain reason, like the Pine River corridor, where you're just up along the Pine River and it's a two track. Like, yeah, it's sandy, but the views are sweet and it's somewhere people are probably never going to go on their under their own volition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of me is like, it's supposed to be hard. Like, I don't really care if, you know, if it's sandy in spots and it's tough, like it's, it's got to have something to make it noticeable. Cause if it was all just like super plush dirt roads that are rolled and packed in clay, like what would be, what would you talk about afterwards? Like yeah. what would make it memorable? And that's one of the sticking points that makes it memorable is people think of like that one sand pit where they ate shit and then <laughs> so they this, were like cursing this. the world, but this you know, year's my first gonna be my first coast to coast. Yeah. I got my registration, but last year I did Sancho. Oh yeah. And I 
hated sand after that. <laughs> <laughs> there was at one mile 188, I picked up my bike and threw it in a bush. Oh my point. gosh. Like, <laughs> that, that course is really. It's really like 50 sandy. miles of sand. Yeah. It so. was, and you'd hit like seven mile stretches and you'd just be like, gosh. It's <laughs> terrible. Were you single speed for that? No, yeah, I was on a geared bike, but uh, the week before that, I did 650 miles. Oh gosh. <laughs> it did not go well for no. me. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's crazy. If there's the uh, sand pits and whatever for the coast to coast, what were some of the uh, notable moments on your moor ride that people will be talking about in the future? Uh, uh, t- tell us what your moor ride is or what. Yeah. What it, yeah. Yeah. So the background of the moor ride, um, you know, there was there was this event somebody kind of cooked up. Well, I wouldn't even call it an event. It was this idea of well, split the mitt, they called it. Mm-hmm. And it was basically following the nct along the whole length of michigan which sounds great in theory but you can't actually ride into the nct with a bike until you get up by nuego which is like 300 miles into that route and i've been mulling over I mean, this has been kind of incubating for years but i wrestled with you know i'm like why why necessarily follow the nct it's a hiking route I mean, it's really cool and you can use a lot of it but it doesn't have to be all about that so I wanted to design a route that was, you know, more bike, like focused on bikes, like trying to use as much single track, as much seasonal road, as much just off-road surfaces as possible. And so I mapped out this route and I've had it on my radar of wanting to ride. I've had the route for well over a year, like finished, but it's kind of hard to just like find time to go ride 550 miles when you're trying to also do races and put events on it's like i you know when it's nice out like i'm trying to get ready for like margie or something so riding 550 miles as you will know <laughs> will destroy your legs if you're trying to do any type of racing i didn't do mine in three days <laughs> and you know i was just looking at i was like well i could do it maybe you know october because it's like Iceman. man while i like Iceman, it's not really like um I just like going and doing it and however it goes is fine with me like i've it's never been a huge focus for me because it's out of my wheelhouse like i'm not a 25 mile like super fast racer but so like two weeks out from ice man i saw i was like the weather actually looks pretty good like decent weather during the day it's gonna be a little cold at night i'm just gonna go for it and i'm just gonna ride it you know ride as much as i can and then if i need to stop i'll stop or whatever and i purposely didn't like gram about it or let a bunch of people know because i didn't want like the pressure of like oh now i got to do this because in my head i was like well if i need to the route goes to gr so if i'm 200 miles in i'm like screw this i'll just go home and if i get further like jenny was racing peak to peak like i can just stop there and then you know so i had these bailout points (laughs) but then i'm also very stubborn so (laughs) i got going on this ride and right away i was like okay this is going to take me longer than i think i thought of like you start going i I used a bunch of seasonal roads and stuff because that's how I roll. Like I didn't want to just use gravel roads. So you get to Middleville and there's a section called the Dragon, which is these like super rolly hills that have a little bit of sand and a bunch of grass and thorns. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know, it's better than using pavement and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to put this in there. And then I found some other stuff, like all the psycho stuff, a bunch of that's in it. Like you go through Sager Road on this route. So it's, it's a tough route. It's going to yeah. be challenging. But you also see some of the prettiest stuff, like some of the pictures that were posted of like the boardwalk through the lake. A lot of people commented on. 
it was funny watching social media like as the ride was going through like people going? were like watching your stories and like you'd get texts from someone and be like what's matt doing <laughs> yeah no, i was like what is he doing like, yeah is he done yet i think i kept checking strava because i followed oh. you on strava and you'd be riding and i he hasn't uploaded anything yet like is he still riding or one of the days i was riding with tristan and tristan kept pulling out his phone on the ride and being like oh matt updated <laughs> Yeah, so I, <laughs> you know, I got into it, and then I had never ridden continuously for more than like 34 hours before this ride, so I didn't really know like how it would go. But I definitely like ran fast and light, so I didn't bring enough warm stuff. So I had to keep moving at night because it was in the 20s at night, and all I had was like knickers on and wool socks and regular shoes, and <laughs> and I stopped twice to make like basically emergency fires because I was getting like really spaced out and I like like the early signs of hypothermia I couldn't like open food and so I stopped a few times I make a fire and then I like would pass out for like maybe five minutes but the great thing is once the fire goes out you get really cold and it wakes you back up so I would be afraid of just not yeah. waking up I'd be like yeah. oh this is the long sleep now yeah. this is how I'm going <laughs> I definitely found out a few sections and then they're in the route detail notes. So anybody that's thinking about doing it, like read the notes because there's, I left them in there. So if you're a purist and you want to ride every inch of the trail that you can, you can, but there are some sections that of, of the NCT that are so forlorn and overgrown that you basically just like wander around in the woods with your bike and like hope you find a blaze, oh, but most of them are gone. Wow. So read those notes because there's good there's good routes around it. I would not probably go the same way again. But yeah. And then sixty one hours from when when I started, I ended up at the Mackinac Bridge in <laughs> a cloud of freezing fog and, and once again and, I and was not just, there to <laughs> And then you destroyed a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. I, well I ate a pizza, Jenny Jenny and the dogs, you can tell me. You can tell the story. Oh, just after peak to peak, I did meet Matt. Because he didn't, like, I, I know it's not like, there's no no rules against seeing, you know, a loved one on route because it's not really a thing. But I'm like, I'll bring you pizza. Oh, no, that just DQ'd his whole thing. I know. Yeah. Right yeah. off the books. <laughs> I DQ'd him on his own event. <laughs> yeah. His own solo event. <laughs> Actually, I, it was probably bad that I, because I stopped to give you pizza. And then is that when you gave me your gloves? Oh, yeah. I gave her, because I thought I would get done that last day before sunset. So I gave her all of my warm stuff. So all I had was like long finger gloves and a rain cape and a long sleeve jersey. Yeah. <sighs> but then and how then much longer was it? Yeah. It went like six hours into the dark. Uh. And the, I hit a bunch oh. of freezing fog yeah. up by the bridge. So the last two hours, I was just in freezing fog. So oh. 60, so how many hours was the whole thing? 61 hours. What did you, what was your estimation before you started? Well, I, you know, it was, the route's like 550 some miles. And so I figured, you know, my rule of thumb is usually for any type of like excursion, 10 to 12 miles an hour should be doable. Mm -hmm. But I had a lot of stuff where I could barely average, like some of that stuff at night, I was like four or five miles an hour. And just oh plunking God. along like roots and then <laughs> just the adversity of some of the um some of the cold and like having to stop for that a few times to warm up definitely you know it it adds up it's like every time you stop like i had my crank arm almost fall off so i had to like find this auto repair center and like <laughs> try to fix it because they don't have 16 millimeter allen keys just anywhere were so. you just gas station fueling 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I started because I just ran like half a frame pack and a little seat bag roll for like everything I needed for the whole ride. And so all I had in there was like a little bit of drink mix. And like one of my little cocktails I make that's like my, uh, in lieu of uh, like an actual performance drink mix is just, I'll do like half Gatorade and I'll dump a Red Bull in there because it's close to 300 calories and it's got caffeine in it. It's got like all that type of stuff. So little things like that or. <laughs> it I sounds ate, awful. <laughs> yeah, I ate a bunch of frozen stuff. Like I remember being in Kalkaska. I waited till 5 a.m. for the gas station to open up. And they had a bunch of like microwave, like Miguel's burritos and stuff. So I just went to town on that. <laughs> but it was, uh, that was definitely the most challenging, like one ride thing that I've ever done. Was that the first time you've crossed 500? Yeah, the first time I've done a continuous ride over 500 is like the first time I've been awake for three days because I, you know, I had to drive down to the start and then I was up for several hours after. So I was awake for just about 70 hours. What was your start point? I started right down. I had Jenny drop me right at the border, basically. Okay. Um, and on so the route, I, I have it started it like a campground. <laughs> Okay. But it's, uh, what's the name of that lake? That's what I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it's right smack dab basically in the middle of the state. There's a there's a small lake there right across the border. And I officially made the route start at a campground just for ease of logistics. So if people want to like Lake George. I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Now, bike-wise, is it a suspension necessary or what size tire would you recommend? I would, after doing it, um, I would definitely recommend a suspension fork. Like I destroyed my left hand, so I couldn't even use my left hand for like two weeks. Like I couldn't move my fingers. Were you on your warbird? I was on the cutthroat. Okay. And it was my second ride on that bike because it was the newly released one. Yeah. And so I had ridden it like yeah. 20 miles. <laughs> Why and I not? was like, all right, I'm going to go do <laughs> Feels good. the ride on this. Seems fine. And I wanted to, you know, the new fork is more supple, but after like, 24 48 hours of that nct has a lot of tree roots in it It was like towards the end every single tree root like infuriated me because <laughs> my hand just started hurting so bad um but yeah i would recommend you know like a front fork you could do a rigid bike if you want i mean a squishy bike wouldn't be a bad idea if you're not trying to go really fast on the route which mm -hmm. wouldn't really make sense anyways like the only reason i rode it all at once was because that was the weather window i had and the time opportunity i had um in my head, like if I had my way, I would have just done it in like July or August and, you know, ride as long as you want and then camp when you're tired and so on and so forth. But, you know, I did it the dumb way. So, <laughs> But a good, way. like I ran just Schwabby, like a good fast rolling, like snakeskin tire and um like 2.1s or something. 2.25s. I had the Racing Ray and the Racing Ralph on there. And uh, arrow bars, you know, if you have them, or like a bar yak, or just multiple hand positions for something like that, for sure. But really, you know, whatever bike, two-inch tires and up would be good. So I wouldn't recommend a gravel bike. Yeah. It's a lot of single track, so. So naturally I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. On a single speed. <laughs> yeah, right. Jenny, you're going to try it on a single speed? There might be a, was it a grand depart next year? I won't do it on a single speed probably, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For this year, just loosely organized. Like, it's not going to be anything crazy official. What's the day going to be? 
It's going to be July You can find 2nd. that on the website, Sheldon. <laughs> Just look on the website. You don't no, have to ask him. No, the I'm going to ask the director. <laughs> yeah, July 2nd. It's, uh, we, saw, we just took a poll, like, and so July 2nd. I probably voted on it. <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, you probably did. But, um, oh, just, yeah, it's, it, July 4th weekend, right? Yeah, that I just wanted to weekend. set a date out there where if people decide they want to do it and they want company, but maybe they don't have you know a bunch of people that want to go with them, it's a great way organizing those group deep parts for rides like that is a great way just to you know meet up buddy up you never know who you might cross paths with and it's just cool to have a bunch of people out you know doing it at the same time yeah. so like with this uh is it like a pseudo organized then no no Not i just that. wanted to pick a date like yeah. there won't i mean so you just have like 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 the notes that you you were saying earlier you have correct. you'll have some of that but That's yeah the whole you, release the pigeons just let everybody just, loose at one point yeah i mean i plan on being there myself so uh, as i'm gonna kind of start getting there like there's a facebook group and i'll push out information that way because it's really just the easiest and free way to do it and we don't really need another website to manage right this minute but. <laughs> come on more art yeah uh, more yes yeah, more <laughs> exactly. more. So that's that's the plan, and I know there's a couple of buddies of mine that want to go do summer all of it. And for that, I mean, I I've, I've been kind of working on breaking down chunks that are like about 100 miles that have good ending that's my points. Next question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of people who have reached out. Like there's a guy up that lives up on the Croton Dam Pond, which is right on the route, who offered up his property. He said that's he cooked hot lives. dogs, cooked burgers. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so perfect. You know, I'm gonna try to line up a bunch of fun stuff like that because. Yeah. You know, personally, I do enough racing in my life. Like, I have no interest in trying to race, like, the more route or, like, my vision for it was just providing a really cool route across the state that if people, you know, want to enjoy bikepacking across our state and have, like, a tried-and-to route with, with route notes that say, like, here's resupplies so they don't have to do all that work on their own. They can just come enjoy it. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd recommend, like, a week if you have it to do it, like, just ride and you know feasible chunks and then spend time in camp hanging out and you know get the most out of it that's fantastic yeah it sounds like sub 48 but like a like a next level of of yeah it's definitely a step up from sub 48 i think just like one or two so going to the salsa sub 48 um her brother uh and his girlfriend went to it did you get have you done it yeah, she did that. They did it last, on, on a the, on a trike. With, yeah, with oh, a broken that's right, wrist. That's right. <laughs> it was yeah, was broken. You're kicking butt um, on it too. <laughs> so, how did that come about here in Michigan? So that was also go for it. No, I actually don't know. I was say that's a better question for you because I know Rick and Scott started it, but that's your. <laughs> yeah. So Rick and Tanner, because uh, what was this past year? Was that the sixth or fifth? I should know these things. I'm a bad person for not knowing it. But anyways, it's it's in that time frame. How long have you been involved? Really, I mean, just since we've joined up for like Barrier Bay and that stuff. So we've been doing the last two years. Just kind of goes hand in hand with it. Yeah. Yeah. So just tiny backstory. So our, our company that does Barrier Bay, Lumberjack, Sub 48, and the Fall Fondo is Pavement Ends Incorporated. So we have a you know business that's those four events those four events okay yeah now um has that always been something salsa has been a part of they have that's where the name like the fargo sub 48 came from Mm -hmm. as uh, rick had 
he had one of the first gen Fargos. And so that first event, I think every year actually there's been almost half the people have a Fargo. <laughs> it's not a requisite or anything. It just kind of works out that way. You're because, just an outcast if you don't have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we make a little check mark next to your name and you get, you What's know. What's this asterisk? <laughs> yeah, we give you Bush Light beer and then everybody else gets the all day. So well, We have some friends that don't say that because they'll be showing up there for the Bush Light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But I know those guys, um, you know, the goal is like, I mean, the Fargo is, it was one of really one of the first like kind of bike packing specific bikes that came out of like, here's what this is for. It's got all these mounts. Um, it's got all these capabilities, got these unique flare drop bars for hand positions, all that jazz. And the event, you know, there's, there's not really a whole bunch of events out there to introduce people to bike packing. Like it's become more popular and there's like the Colorado trail and the AZT, but those are that's a big leap from like learning how to bike pack all the way to doing those. Just throw them to the wolves. <laughs> and so one of the things there's like it's like a sub twenty four hour, sub forty eight hour mm -hmm. are like basically entry level, you know, like come out, do you know, our event is basically one overnight on the bike. It's it's two nights, two days. Mm -hmm. And it it presents people with something that we feel is like more feasible you know you can borrow gear you can really kind of put together whatever you want you can tow a bob trailer however whatever you need to do show to get it done <laughs> yep. yeah show up on a trike you know we, all kinds of stuff but just come out see what it's all about you know hear about bike packing talk to people about it i mean that's the really cool thing is it's it's not a race actually if you're trying to go fast you're doing it wrong because you're going to get to camp before the kegs tapped like you're going to be standing around <laughs> like go out there you know like stop at lunch socialize like that's kind of the spirit of a bike packing is like you're a nomad you're just traveling along and you do things when you want to do them where you want to do them and is it a new route each year yeah yeah so that's like one of the super cool things and I was actually just emailing a bunch of campgrounds today because I'm working on this year events route, but it's been like in the Manistee National Forest. It's been over by DT and Pato. Um, it was just recently up in like the Gaylord Grayling area in the Pigeon River State Forest. Okay. And so we try to find an area, you know, that's conducive to like off-road, maybe throw some single track in there mm -hmm. that has like good, you know, wilderness camping opportunities without being too far from city center with your with the conditions that you're that you look for each year do you have like what would be the minimum recommendation for a bike you know we always recommend because of like our previous conversation where it's it's hard to avoid sand i mean yeah. anything with like two inch tires and above is totally doable and we we like to add single track but we always try to have some options where it's like if you can't you know single track's not your thing or you don't have the right setup to do it you know where you can bypass it because we want it to be more beginner focused uh, we want the route to still be challenging where you're getting a whole day of riding because it's a balancing act like mm -hmm. we get people that ride a ton and we get people that don't really ever do events and so we want it to be kind of somewhere where it's entertaining enough for people that ride a lot but also achievable for somebody who doesn't ride that much right. all right and then the last bit what are your schedules looking like this year Oh man, uh, th this year's pretty pretty crazy. Um, one thing we've been trying to do, just as I mentioned, we have two dogs. Oh yeah. And one of our dogs has no eyeballs, and he's elderly. <laughs> and the other one deaf. has pajamas. Yeah. And the other one wears ice cream. <laughs> At least this pajamas. time here, yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, we feel guilty like leaving all the time, and like my mother 
is awesome. So she'll watch the dogs anytime we want. And um, our roommate, Heather, that lives at our house, uh, she, every once in a while, you know, if she's around, she'll watch the dogs too. But we try to kind of divide and conquer. So it's like, if I'm going to go do an event lately, like Jenny might stay home and then like, you know, the next weekend, like you're going, you're going to Portland soon to ride. It's like, I'll try to be home in time to to take over. (laughs) So that being said, like, I'm heading to Crested Butte, like I mentioned, a couple of days, do Fat Bike Worlds, and I'm going to stay out there for maybe a, a week or so. I'm not sure. Probably go to Moab or somewhere warm. I just want a mountain bike for like a week and get some training in and then come back into town. I know, Jenny, you're going to Portland with some friends, mm-hmm. do some riding and hanging out. And- yeah. And I have my big ones this year. Oh, I'm doing, uh, you're doing Mid-South, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the land run. Now Last Mid-South. year, when the, as soon as I walked around the corner, like I went there, down there completely by myself. You were the first person I ran into. And it was like, oh, <laughs> a familiar face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the nice thing about gravel, going back a little bit to the gravel, but the gravel family, as they call it. It's uh-huh. funny. Like you go, and like when I met you at Unpaved, yeah. Trevor is like, all of a sudden, remember we're sitting around there at that bar and we're like, where are you from? We're, we're all from Michigan, but we're all in Pennsylvania for this gravel race. Right, right, yeah. But anyway, like you find people. And then like I started meeting people from all over. Like uh, we met Kelly, uh, Kelly Nelson. At, I think I met her at some, oh, as a dirty Kansas. And then she like it's she invites us to her home in Tucson. Like it's oh, funny amazing. how it's a little like, you know, yeah. gravel family. It's kind of like the bike polo family, but um, yeah, yeah, doing the Mid-South. Are you both going to be at yeah. Mid South? First yeah. event will be Mid South. So the weekend before that, I got to do the Fat Bike Berkey. Oh yeah, on Saturday. Then Sunday, I'm going to fly from Minneapolis to Sedona for the Mountain Bike Festival. And there's some product testing going on down there. Knock on wood. <laughs> so we'll do that. That's a little top secret though. <laughs> and then I'll fly from there to Mid South to rendezvous with Jenny. Uh-huh. And I'll be doing that single speed this year. Okay. And she'll be. Probably, are you doing single speed? Yeah, too? I signed a single speed. Oh, so all three of us will be single speed. Woo, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys riding? I can't say what I'm riding, but I'm on my twin six it. rando that is single speed because yeah. I've because so the, I've done land run uh, now mid south one time, but I remember seeing all those videos and pictures of it being like super muddy and like oh man this is gonna be like a mess. And in my head, that's why that's one of the reasons why I like to ride single speed, just because I like not technically very like challenged or I'm technically challenged, whatever. I can't fix stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'll just ride single speed. But then the year I did it, it wasn't really muddy at all. Last year you did yeah, it. Last year was super dry. Yeah, it was super nice. So like it's got to be something I crashed and lost my water and had to do the last 25 miles with no oh, water whatsoever. <laughs> it was terrible. Did you win the biggest bonk? What is that? What is it? Biggest the hardest bonk. The hardest bonk. <laughs> No, that wasn't bunk. That was just straight like dehydration cramps. <laughs> and it was funny. Like we we're like five miles out of town, and I'm with this group. And this guy's like, "Do you want some water?" I was like, "No, not having water is the only thing keeping me going right now." Like, I was like, you "Don't give me water because I'll probably just like drink it and oh. fall over on the side of the road." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll be doing that, and then um, I do like an annual train trip in Tennessee. So I'll go do that, and try to keep the schedule light right before Barry, because obviously there's a lot of work and stuff yeah. that needs to happen. But I'll be down in Kansas the first week at, weekend of April for the Dirty Kansas camp to help work that on behalf of Salsa. And then Barry Roubaix was uh, <laughs> our big weekend. And immediately after the next weekend, I got to go do Kohata 100, which is part of the NUE yeah. down in Tennessee. <laughs> and then... Um, yeah, then it's just going to be crazy because after that, I'm going to go do the UP portion of the Moor Ride, which is going to be a lot harder than the Lower Peninsula section. Mm-hmm. How many miles are you? 
ballpark. Right now, yeah. that's somewhere between um, four seventy five and five fifty, depending on. Are you going bridge west? Yeah, bridge to it's going to end in the Porcupine Mountains at Lake of the Clouds is the goal. Wow, it goes up that's through like Marquette, through all kinds of places. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I've been working on trying to get a crew to actually go do some of that with me too. So make more of a fun time out of it. And I'll use that as DKXL prep too, because that's coming up. So mm -hmm. June, DKXL. And then, yeah, then it's like Lumberjack 100, which we work, Coast to Coast, mm -hmm. which we work. And what comes right after that? Uh, I know there's another race, like pretty much at the end of that. I can't remember right now. <laughs> it's pretty busy. Yeah. And uh, I'll be doing the Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Crusher, that's what I'm thinking. We'll be going up to do that. Are you guys do doing that. the Crusher? Yep. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you should. That's we didn't do it last route. year. We did, uh, we rode in Iceland. Yeah, we were in Iceland. Oh, oh yeah, the Rift. I had an NUE race <laughs> and then the Rift. Outside of your fork, the pictures were amazing. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. that was a wonderful place. You get, that's another yeah, one if you bike issue put that it you on, your, on your list yeah. to do that race. The yeah, people. I got all paranoid because I was flying my bike out to Colorado like right after them. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> like as soon as I got to the airport, I'm like looking at my fork. Like, oh, it's yeah. a smash. I've flown with a bike a ton of times, and that's the first time I've had something actually get broken. And it was, I mean, they did it right. Like, they went all in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they <laughs> lost <laughs> it and then broke it. Yeah. So it was like a good injury. double whammy. Because we both rode Lauf bikes at that event. We yeah. didn't even have our bikes for the race. And did you lose your bike too? Yeah, it, it didn't get there in time, uh, was which probably broken? was lucky for me because it wasn't broken. Okay. It was my single speed, but the, the rift was pretty hilly, and so luckily I was borrowing a Lauf bike, a geared but, bike. But I didn't have like I didn't have my cleats. I was like on flat pedals, borrowed helmet. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, it was those guys so like bought me shoes. Like wow. they went out and they got me a pair of shoes and like yeah. cleats and pedals and gave us helmets because yeah. we put all that in the bike bag. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, Jenny, what, uh, so you're going to do Mid-South? Yeah, Mid-South. Um, anything else? I mean, I know you're probably busy with some of the other the Yeah, races, I'll be helping but, out with Barrier Bay and uh -huh. stuff. And I guess, like, sometimes, like, Hellcat Hundy and uh, Lowell 50, those are, like, last second. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I'm trying to think. And then the Crusher is going to be a big one. But the big one I'm supposed to be training for is Lead Boat, which is. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And you're both doing that, right? How do we not talk about no. that? Just Jenny? Ooh. Just Jenny. I didn't get in, ah. so oh. Jenny got selected. And I only selected. wanted, because like I, I, like I said, I have FOMO, so I thought, oh, Matt's doing it. I don't want to sit around. I'm going to sign up to <laughs> try to get in. Then I got so in. So Leadboat <laughs> is the uh, Leadville. And Leadville the, 100. And then yeah. you turn around and you go to the Steamboat, yeah, which is the newish. Yeah. And what's the yeah. Steamboat gravel. between them? Just the next day. So it's you have to finish day. Leadville in 12 hours? Yeah, you have to finish Leadville <laughs> in 12 hours, so... If you finish in the 12 hours, you basically have just over 12 hours until the start of the SBT gravel, <laughs> which is 144 miles. And, and my, you have to drive there, too. It's a couple oh, yeah. hours apart. So. And I, those, my learning lesson last year, 2019, just to keep it short, I guess, was like I, I like doing like the Margie and stuff like that like because I don't like to quit. But luckily, Margie has a like nice time cutoff. You know, like, oh, yeah, you know, you have this much time. So if you, like, I like to take pictures and, like, take my little dancing feet out. It's so silly. But I, I did. The poop emoji. Yeah. <laughs> so I realized 2019 was a year to uh, lessons learned at the Rift. Not having my bike, I wasn't aware. I wasn't really paying attention to how much time I was, like, really stopping to take all these pictures and play around. So I missed the cutoff, the last cutoff, uh, by, like, three minutes. Uh, Me and my geez. buddy Jason, we were like, 
but we were still, we were, we gotta say, that's a long story. I'll be, I can cry about it for hours, but it was like, we missed it. We couldn't finish. I'm like, it's an epic race. We like trained for, or not really trained for anyway. Uh, and then the Margie out and back, I also missed the time cutoff, but I knew that was going to be a struggle. So anyway, but I know Leadville, like not only it's at altitude and their time cutoffs are very, very strict. So this year I really have to focus on <laughs> leave your phone at home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And good luck with that. Push a little hard. I will. I'll leave it at home. <laughs> so anyway, that's my big one. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, for sure. That's, that's amazing. Well, I think, I mean, we could probably keep talking and talking and talking, but we probably should <laughs> stop somewhere. But yeah. I just want to, I want to thank you guys. Like it's, I think, um, it, there's a, there's a reason why places like Michigan have a vibrant cycling community. And as people like you, it's just like different people in different communities that are passionate about it and, and try to uh, push it along and create more events and promote those events and just get very involved and get other people involved. And, and uh, when Shell and I thought about um, talking or having a podcast about Michigan cycling and Michigan gravel, we immediately thought about the Ackers. Oh, so yeah. we appreciate your time. Um, I have one question though, before we finish up and it has to do kind of like what uh, Jenny, you were just talking about, about the endurance racing mm -hmm. and riding. Um, and I, I do want to start with Jenny um, because I, no offense, Matt, but we, we call ourselves the Michigan mid pack and you're yes. not really in the mid pack. You're kind of in the front. So um, you're just a guest here, but, uh, <laughs> but in terms of endurance riding mm -hmm. and events, um, like what, what little tidbits or what, what can you give us just to help? Like what, what, what can you say to help others? Uh, the weekend warriors. So like what yeah, yeah. tips yeah. do you have for the weekend warrior? Yeah, like I for me, uh, yeah, I'm. I'd say not even mid pack. I'm in the back of the pack, butt cracker is what I like to call myself. But um, <laughs> yeah, like have fun. Like I, uh, one one of my tricks, and maybe not for endurance, like really long races, is I like wearing costumes. It started out as a way to like find myself, and you know, in Rob Mendring's photos at Barrier Bay, you can't, you know, scrolling through, everybody's wearing the same kind of spandex. I'm like, oh yeah, bear coat <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> poop head. <laughs> uh, but then I, what I found, like wearing costume, like really, people cheer for you if they don't know you, they're cheering for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's one trick that I have. Um, yeah, maybe it's also like maybe take some things a little bit more serious, like trying to make the cutoffs. Like if you're, because if it's a big event and you've invested your time and energy and money into it, like. Maybe don't stop to take so many pictures. Like, take them later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also one that I've, actually Jill talked about at the Winter Shakedown and, like, Matt's told me before, like, try to not um, – try to always keep positive thoughts in your head or, like, keep don't, – don't let yourself get negative about anything. Like, if you're – your chamois if your butt's hurting like maybe think of something else <laughs> and and don't surround you if you're and maybe like not complain like oh i can't believe it's rainy and sleety right now like because if you're surrounded by those type of people it's just going to bring yourself down so try to keep a positive attitude uh that's great i don't know those are and ride like, single speed ride single speed <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah, to podcasts. yeah have, have fun i mean that's that's kind of the theme that i'm kind of getting from just uh keep it fun uh what about then from the from the front end of things what uh what tips do you have you know i think i think the biggest tip i have for like endurance stuff and i think it applies to anybody is just um you know when you're out there and everything it's like jenny alluded to it's easy to like try to go into a dark place or get downtrodden if you're struggling a bit but i mean those things are all about perspective like when you're doing say a dk or a coast to coast 
you know, remember that, that like you've chosen to go do this thing and you're fortunate that like, you know, your suffering is self-imposed and a lot of people in life, you know, suffer on things that they can't control, you know, whether it's like a mental illness or like just being born into poor circumstances. So always count yourself fortunate when you're out there and yeah, it's like if your ass is killing you, you're getting bitten up by flies by the Pine River, like, you know, count your lucky stars. It's like that is your form of suffering and that you... You can turn it off if you want, but you know, you'll probably come out a better person on the other side if you choose not to and, you know, just push through it cuz having a little adversity in life like never really harmed anybody. So, train to bonk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, prepare for the bonk, like yeah, embrace the bonk. I mean, don't be afraid of it. It's like don't fear the reaper, don't fear the bonk. But. It's going to come. Just give it a warm hug. (laughs) I think uh, no matter where you are on the racing spectrum, those are wise words. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for the beer. Thank you for making the trip here. (laughs) And and the baby food. Yeah. And uh, this is is fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast, a Michigan Midpack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast, email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com, or call our hotline at 616-522-2641. Photography and studio space provided by Nicole Cottom. Audio editing and original music by Trevor Gibney. Sheldon Little handles the social media, graphic design, and of course, bad decisions. And to close us out, here are the Ackers. Will you indulge us and oh, yeah. do our little like end bit? So we usually do like keep your chain clean, oh, yeah. get your get chain, your chain, chain dirty, dirty, see you in the back. Yes. It's kind of dorky, but... Uh, I brought you little chain lubes, and we have a shit ton of squirt lube in our it, in our basement. Little, little yes, ones? I brought I brought some for you guys. Oh, that's fantastic! I, I was trying to remember the tagline or whatever. Your little so, um, so can one of you do keep your chain clean, okay. and the other one say get your chain dirty, and then can we all say see you in the mid pack? I think okay. we can pull this off. Okay, I think we can. I'll do, do it. the dirty part. <laughs> you ready? What is it? Get your chain dirty. Whatever you say. That's okay. perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. make it up as you go. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Keep your chain clean. But get your chain dirty. See you See in you the, the mid pack. That was awesome. That was great. <laughs> yeah, right. I was Thank trying you. to make it that... sound really dirty and I didn't do a very good job. <laughs> yeah, you were getting weird with that microphone. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs>